Hey there, I'm Brittany, and welcome to the Cape Cod Church Podcast. If you'd like to learn more about us, you can visit our website at capecodchurch.com. In the meantime, we hope you enjoy this message in our current series. I thought they were going to leave me the snowballs there for something. I don't know what that was all about, but there were snowballs on the stage. I must have, I must have missed a memo. Good morning, Cape Cod Church. Man, you're all ready to go, right? Yeah. Happy New Year. What storm? There's no storm. Man, I'm so glad to be together. And I know, man, it's storm weather off Cape and sickness everywhere, but I'm, I'm glad to be here. And man, I got to tell you, I just want to give a shout out. Like, I don't think, uh, with our, our group leading up front, I don't think there was a one of them that was over 25. I mean, come on, young people. <laughs> Love seeing uh, the next generation kind of stepping up and uh, moving into God's calling for their life. What a, what a gift that is, and it's great to be here. And I know we got a bunch, I know we got a bunch watching online this morning. It's that time of the year. A bunch of you are watching online from Florida. We love you. We love you. We're just going to ask you to stop posting pictures. That's just a, a small little favor. Or at least stop texting me your pictures, telling me how it's 75 and sunny and green. And man, we're just jealous. Go ahead. Text your pictures and the address will be right down for everybody, everybody watching. So, man, um, 30, 31 years ago, Cape Cod Church getting started. My wife and I were about the age of these kids on stage. I get to call them kids now. That dates me like an old man. And one of the things we did, if you've been to our, uh, our Discover Cape Cod Church class, you've heard me tell the story how that summer we, uh, we did a survey in the community. We had a, a religious opinion survey. We asked five questions. We just wanted to know where people were at. We were trying to get to know the community. And uh, we had some youth groups from churches we knew that wanted to help us out. So they, they helped us by taking this survey. They just go door to door, knock on the door, and they just dress like, you know, like, normal teenagers, kind of normal. Um, and they would ask th these questions. And one of the questions uh, was, if you were looking for a church, what would you look for? What a great question. Man, if you were, we got, we finished 500 surveys. We must have visited 2,000 houses because a lot of people ain't home or ain't, or ain't answering the door. But we had about 500 surveys. We got every kind of answer to that question you can imagine. All the stuff that you might expect. But my favorite answer, and if you've, you've been to our to Discover Cape Cod Church class, you've heard me tell this story. I wasn't there, but a young person went to the door and a woman was given the answers to him and he came back and told us about this and he wrote it down she said if i was looking for a church what would i look for and she just was like oh. and then she says oh i'd look for a steeple <laughs> not exactly what we were hoping for <laughs> i get it though Oh, oh, that's a church. That, that looks like a church. I'm going to go to church there. Can I tell you how depressing that is when your church is about to start meeting in a plumbing building? 
And you don't have a steeple. Instead, when you walk by the front door, there's a display, not making this up, of toilet bowl seat covers. (laughs) How you doing, church, down the hallway? No steeple. (laughs) It's a good answer, though. I'd look for a steeple. So I decided in all the years of telling that story, one thing I've never done is... I've never turned the tables and answered the question myself. So this series, that's what we're doing. If I were looking for a church, what would I look for? Well, I told you the, uh, the, the brief outline may expand, but the brief outline, I'd look for a church I could grow in, church I could invest in. And today I want to talk about a church I can, can count on. What does that mean? You know, the doors are going to be open or room's going to be warm. And a church I can come. That's what I want to talk about today. And, and, and thankfully, uh, Paul in the, the book of Thessalonians, he, he gives us a, a little bit of a window into what to look for. And, and the way he does that is, is he's talking to us. Now, you, you have to know, if you're, if you're new to the Bible, uh, the, the epistles, literally, when you hear the word epistle, it's a weird word. It means letters. They're letters that Paul wrote to churches, mostly churches that he had, he had started. And so they're meant to kind of coach them along, encourage them. So frankly, a lot of times when Paul is writing a letter, he's like, come on, get your act together. What are you doing? Like the whole book of 1 Corinthians is, you know, every chapter should start with, what are you thinking, right? That, I mean, it's the, the whole thing just full of like, don't do this, don't do this, fix this, why are you doing that? But Thessalonians is a little bit different. It's like he wades into it and he's like, you can tell Paul loves these guys. They, they, got, they, they got some things going on. And so there's a lot we could mine out of this passage, but I, I just want to pull four of them. Things I, I would look for, and I think Paul's pointing them out in that urgent. Let me, let me show you how it starts. Verse 1, chapter 1. Uh, this letter is from Paul, Silas, and Timothy. Uh, he, he said, we are writing to the church in Thessalonica, this kind of metropolitan, pluralistic, it was a crossroads of the world, different religions, different cultures. And right in the middle of it, this growing body of Jesus followers And he's so proud of them. You can hear it. He says, We are writing to the church in Thessalonica, to you who belong to God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. May God give you grace and peace. Then he says, He says, We always thank God for all of you and pray for you constantly. He's like, Man, we're so, so thankful for who you are and and what you're doing. And then he's going to explain it. He's going he's to point out things about them. And let me, let me take and summarize these in, in my, my own words with these four things. And, and you could find more, but, but, but here are four things you can count on and things that I would, I would look for if I were looking for a church. Here's the first. I'd look for a church with the right 
fruit. Now, that's a weird, that's a weird statement, the right fruit. I'm just using an analogy of a tree, right? Because you, you look at the tree. I, I'm, not, I'm not one of those people that can figure out trees. I look at a tree, I'm like, even when the leaves are on it, I'm like, is that a maple tree? Or, that's, I, can, I can usually tell an oak tree from a maple tree, but the elm, all that stuff, I get, I get confused. But you put fruit on a tree, I can tell. I'm not that slow. Like, that's an apple tree, right? You're not, I, that is an apple tree. You're not messing with me. I know an apple tree, a peach tree, I'm running out of trees, but I know trees. If you're a little bit confused, man, take a bite of the fruit. And, and that's, that's, that's what Paul's about to say. He's like, listen, I look at you and I see the right fruit. Let me, let me show you what I, what I mean. Here in verse three, he talks about the fruit and here's, here's what he says, this is the right fruit. He says, as we pray to our God and Father about you, my goodness. He says, we think of your faithful work, fruit, your loving deeds, fruit, and the enduring hope you have because of our Lord Jesus Christ, fruit. Man, we think of your, your faithful work, your loving deeds, your enduring hope. It's like fruit. He's like, we see it in you, man. We, oof, it's right there. You're your faithful work. You, you are driven by faith. I, that's an important piece, man. The church, listen, I, I love, I, I love the, the strategy and the marketing stuff. Anybody knows me knows I'm, I, I, I love that stuff. But at the end of the day, the, the church is not a strategic marketing machine. It's a faith-filled enterprise. And at some moments, we just recognize, man, listen, God called us and we're going. It's, it's like we're, we're led by faith. I remember one of the earliest days, we were about four years into the plumbing building and we did not want to stay in the plumbing building. I was with the woman who saw a steeple. Man, I, I longed for the day we got a steeple. We found this little property over on Route 28. This is before Cape Cod well property went crazy and it was $160,000 had a house on it. We we're going to build a little church out back. Can you imagine $160,000? We went and took pictures. Went to CVS. Got the pictures developed before. Like for, remember those days? Like a roll of film. Man, am I dating myself. I feel ancient already. I need a cane. Come on. They gave you a free photo album for the pictures. Little, little plastic thing. Remember those? And I stuck them in there. And this was my presentation on Sunday morning. I held up the photo album and I flipped the pictures. And I said, I believe. It's all 30 of us. I believe. God is in this. Man, that little band of people, they rose up. All of them, all except one. One woman came up to me after. She looked at me. I know she's a young, she was a young woman. I, I, I know her. She said, Pastor, you're crazy. That motivated me. <laughs> Not going to lie. Never forgot that. He said, we see your faith. And he said, we see your loving deeds. He see, we, we see how... 
What God has done in you flows through you and your testimony in the community around you is marked by generosity, by sacrifice. We see your loving deeds. Listen, let me just qu clarify something. The church is not a nonprofit. I know the government qualifies it that way for tax purposes, and I'm grateful for the tax benefit and all that. But the church is not a nonprofit whose primary mission and agenda is social justice. Don't get me wrong. I'm just saying we have a higher calling. Listen, we are called because of the love of God in us. We are compelled. The overflow of that leads us to love our neighbors in radical, unexplainable, generous ways. And it's why as a church, we lean in even in times of scarcity. We lean in with generosity because we want to measure that one thing that matters. And Paul says, I see that fruit in your life. Loving deeds, man. I see that, that generosity flowing. And he says, in the enduring hope. Hmm. But, but he doesn't just say enduring hope. The enduring hope you have because of Jesus. Like, man, there's something that just, whew, you can't be stopped. You just like, you're just, you, it's, you're, it's a hope-filled place. I hope we're always a hope-filled place. Man, the world beats us down enough. There's enough places that you can just, you want to be discouraged, stay home and read the newspaper? Just go, what do they even got to do? It's like doom scrolling. You can just open up social media and just go, 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 go. By the time you're done, it's like, I just want to go to bed and it's only 9.30 in the morning. Like, I'm I just, you know, he says, I see your enduring hope. Listen, the hope of the church is, is not the last election or the next election. Do I care about that stuff? I do, I do. Let me tell you what, I don't get too up or too down about it. Because my hope's not in that. I'm just, I'm just saying that. That's my political philosophy. My hope's not in that. Am I involved in it? Absolutely. Do I have opinions? Oh, 100%. But my hope is in Jesus. Man, I'm just, yeah. Listen, and here's what I'm saying. I'm saying, well, if everything else falls apart, and sometimes I feel like it's falling apart, Jesus remains. Jesus remains. And he says, man, I see your enduring hope. Man, when everybody else is giving up, you're going on. And it's not because you're like, you know, you're, 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 you're super people. It's because, it's because of Jesus. Your enduring hope in Jesus Christ. Man, I love that. That's just the first one. Do you see how I fit three extra into point one? Sneaky like that. I got a seven-point message, but as far as you know, it's just four points. Here's, here's the second one. I, I, I'd look for a church that was concerned about conversion. Ooh, I wrestled with this word all week. What am I going to call it? In fact, I called it one thing, wrote it in my notes, sent it into the office to put everything together, changed my mind, came back to it. A concern for conversion. Let me explain to you what I mean, but let me explain by reading what it says in the very next verse. Here's what it says in verse four. Uh, Paul writes, he says, we know, dear brothers and sisters, that God loves you 
and has chosen you to be his own people. He chose you. He's got a, a calling on your life. You're his people. But then he says this in verse 5. For when we brought you the good news, that's the, some of you will have a translation that translates that as the word gospel, which, is, which means good news. Here it just, it, it, it gives the definition as the word. We brought you the good news, the gospel. It was not only with words, but also with power. For the Holy Spirit gave you full assurance that what? we said was true. We brought you this message, this saving message of Jesus Christ. It was confirmed by the work of the Spirit. God's speaking to you like, we're giving you the message, but God is speaking to you through His Spirit, calling you to follow Him. And then he finishes with this phrase here. He says, and we, you know of our concern for you from the way we lived when we were with you. He said, you know, we, th this, is, this is why we came. This is what we do. We want you to meet Jesus. We want you to, we want you to, to encounter the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. And we want, it to, we want it to transform your life. We don't think we're the ones that do that, but we can tell you the message and the Holy Spirit can confirm it in you and call you to himself so that you can follow after Jesus too. He said, this is, this is what we do. This is what, this is what matters. I just want to say, uh, for me, if I'm looking for a church, I, I want a place that, that expresses a concern for people to encounter the gospel of Jesus Christ, to embrace it as their own, and to follow him. Conversion. And, and listen, as a church, we, we do this unashamedly. Uh, we, we recognize and we celebrate the fact that every week, I'm in a Sunday in the middle of January with sickness and stormy weather. And we recognize every week there's people coming to visit Cape Cod Church. And you're not there yet. You're just exploring. And we're so grateful to walk alongside you in that journey, exploring God's word, his good news, listening for the call of God in your own life. Woof. What a privilege. We, we offer a class three, four times, five times a year called Starting Point. It's just a place where we invite people to come and explore faith in Jesus Christ. Explore the claims. Ask the questions. Struggle with your doubts. No pressure. No expectations. We just want to be part of the journey. And Cape Cod Church is full of people who've walked through Starting Point as part of their spiritual life. And it's one of the best things happening at Cape Cod Church. Many weeks we'll finish a service by inviting people. Just, I'll just get to the end of the message and say, listen, if you've never taken that step, let me invite you to follow Jesus to accept him as your savior. Why? Because we're concerned about conversion. We, we recognize that this may be the day that God is calling you to follow after him. And then we celebrate it in baptism. Last year, over 160 people at Cape Cod Church embraced Jesus Christ as their savior. Man, I, I love, I could talk about that every Sunday. 90 people last year followed him, celebrating their decision in baptism. Whew. Man, come on. 
And then we get to enter into a journey together. I'm just telling you, if I'm looking for a church, I just, right, up, right near the top of this list, I just want a place that's concerned with the gospel, with conversion, with people encountering Jesus. And Paul doesn't want to leave it out of his story. Now, here, here's a third one. And, and I, I, want to, I just want to pause here and say these are not in order. I'm following the order of the text, the way he lays it out. And I, I think when you get to this one, it's like, woof, maybe this is where it all starts. And that's, I, this, is, this is the third one. I'd look for a place that was Christ-centered. Man, at the center of it is Jesus. Watch, watch what he says here. Verse, uh, verse 6, chapter 1. He says, so you receive the message with joy from the Holy Spirit in spite of the severe suffering it brought you. And then he says this. He says, in this way, you imitated both us and the Lord. You're, you're modeling your life after Jesus and what you saw of Jesus in us, Paul says. He says, you're modeling your life. Your story is centered around Jesus. In verse 7, he says, as a result, you have become an example to all the believers in Greece throughout both Macedonia Decaia. He said, you've become, you've become examples. You've become models. He said, you followed our example. We modeled our lives after Jesus together. And now people see in you the model of Jesus centered around Jesus. He says, you've become an example. He uses the word, it's the Greek word, tupas. And it's interesting. This is a word that means a mold. He said, you're, you're, you're an example, a, a sample, a mold. And, and the word here was a word that would have been very familiar to the people listening, this word tupas, this mold, right? It would have, uh, it, it's the same word that would have been used if, you, if you're going to stamp out a coin, you create a mold with the, maybe the image of Caesar's head on one side and something else, a building on the other side. And then you, you put the coin in the mold and you, you stamp it and it presses the image into it, right? He says you become a tupas, an example, a mold. But, but there was also, the, the word tupas had taken on kind of a unique characteristic uh, around the idea of molds. About 400 BC, if you remember your history, uh, uh, the, the Roman Empire begins, it, it kind of is taking over this part of the world, taking over the Greek, the old Greek Empire faded into history, the Roman Empire ascending. And the Romans noticed something about the Greeks, man, they noticed these guys. Man, could they make statues. I mean, let's be honest. When you go to a museum, we're still looking. I mean, 2,000 years later, 3,000, we're still looking at Greek statues. These guys, unbelievable. The Romans, 
History tells us they would go in as they conquered this territory and they would see these, these incredible Greek statues. They would take them away for themselves. But then what happened is there was this whole industry. People wanted the beauty of these Greek statues. So what they started doing is they would make these, these plaster casts, these, these molds, and they would ship the molds around the Roman Empire where they could be turned into, the mold could be used sometimes as a sample for somebody else that was a, a skilled craftsman to, to carve their own statue, and many times to, to use the mold to make a bronze statue. So these Tupas, these molds were going around the world to replicate these beautiful works of art. And then Paul adopts this language. He says, you're like a tupas. You're like a mold in the image of Jesus that goes around the world and replicates Jesus for all the world to see. He says, man, bravo. Keep pointing people to Jesus. Keep living it out in your life. Listen, our calling is to follow the life, the testimony, the teaching, the example of Jesus Christ. A community of followers of Jesus. Are we perfect at it? Goodness, no. Sometimes so discouraging. We, we fail, we fall down, we backslide, we struggle at it. But here's what it is, man. We're just like Jesus. We're not giving up, man. We're following after you. We're not a perfect, we're not, we're not a perfect example, but we want people to see Jesus in our church. We want people to see Jesus in us centered around Christ. There's, there's one more, and uh, we, we jump forward a couple of verses into, into chapter 2. Um, if I were looking for a church, the fourth thing I would look for is I would look for a church that's committed to the Bible. Here's what it says, First Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 13. Now remember, we're, we're, reading, we're reading letters that would become Word of God. God is, God is in the process of giving the church the Scriptures through the words of, of Paul. And here's what he says. He says, Therefore, we never stop, verse 13, chapter 2, we never stop thanking God that when you received His message from us, you didn't think our words were... As mere human ideas, you accepted what we said as the very word of God. Which, of course, it is. And this word continues to work in you who believe. In its simplest form, I'm just talking about a commitment to, to Scripture, to, to understanding it. And that means interpreting it. And I'll be honest with you, there, there are parts of it that, you know, secondary issues that, that good believers, we, we differ on. But the core of the gospel and interpreting it and not dismissing it, not treating it lightly, 
interpreting the scripture, understanding, and then applying it to our lives. A place that takes the Bible seriously. Uh, you see, the more, the more our world shifts and changes, the more we need an anchor, just something we can just, we can just anchor down and hold on to because the world is, man, it's all over the place. And everybody's got something they think. The, 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 the news media, the right, the left, the, the cultural influencer, the sway of the day, they say, get with the program. This is 2024. And man, everybody wants you to move this way, move that way. And at some point, we're just trying to anchor ourselves in something firmer than the latest fad, than the most popular cultural influencer, than your favorite pastor. I said it. Because it ain't me. I mean, I hope I'm your favorite pastor, but I mean, I'm not... I'm not the word of God. I get up and read the word of God. But we're anchoring in something solid when the world's just everywhere. Let me tell you a little secret. Every week, I've been doing this for years. I don't know. This a decade, maybe, maybe 15, 20. I don't know. I don't know when I started it. But I take all of the verses I'm going to read and I have them printed out on a sheet like this all in one right there and, and they make the, the words a little bit bigger so that I can see them and then I come and I, I put that in my Bible right there so I'm giving you a secret I'm telling you that, that when, when I walk up here and it looks like I'm reading out of the Bible I'm actually reading off this little sheet Do you feel cheated now? <laughs> Dang, man, I thought he was, I thought he was like, like turning pages. <laughs> Some of you have been quick and you've been like, he never turns the pages in that thing. <laughs> you say, well, why, why, why bring, why do, you, why do you put it in the Bible? Why don't you just bring the sheet? I'm just going to tell you, I'm going to be honest, this is just, I'm just a little confession. I, I like holding the Bible. I got a preaching Bible. This is my, this is, I don't use it for anything else. I've never read my devotions out of it one day. I just stick my verses in it. And then I, I, I carry it and I hold it. You say, why? Well, in the simplest sense, when I'm preaching, I want something to hide behind. I got to duck when people are shooting. Right? When people are, hey, I don't like that. I don't think you should be, I don't think you should be preaching that. I'm just saying we have to anchor ourselves in something. Don't, don't, listen, don't anchor yourself in Pastor Ben. I'm going to try and be faithful to Scripture. That's what, that's what I'm doing. Anchor yourself in the Scriptures and faithfully following, following and imitating Jesus Christ. That's what I'd look for. Man, I'm looking for a church. I, I'm looking for the right fruit. 
I'm looking for a place that's concerned with the gospel, with conversion. I'm looking for a place that, man, is centered around Jesus and takes the Bible seriously and is committed to it. You say, but, but, but Ben, what about, you know, good music? Because we love the music. I do too. I did church without good music. It's better with good music. I'm just saying that. What about youth programs? We, we, love, we love our youth programs. I'm with you. Beautiful building. I'm, I'm so grateful for the gift this place is. Teachers that we can relate to. It's all good. I love it all. I love it all. But if I'm looking for a church, those other four, they're my non-negotiables. That's where I'm starting. I want the other stuff too. And I'm so grateful God's given it. And you put those things together and it gives us great ability. And I recognize sometimes people come because, man, the hopefulness of a place, that's fruit. The worship touches them. Maybe they connect with a teacher or a preacher or their kids get involved in a kids program and they're so, they're so grateful to see that blossoming in their life. But I just want you to know at the center of it are, are, are these things. The things that matter. Would you bow with me? I, I thought we might we might pray together just to just to, to thank God for, and to ask him that he would help us to be faithful to these things. That we could be like this church in Thessalonica that the Lord would look down and say, I'm so thankful for you. So Father, help us. Help us to be faithful to your word. Help us to model ourselves after the person of Jesus Christ to cling to that, Father. To champion the gospel, to faithfully and fearlessly introduce it to everyone we can. And might we see growing off of the tree that is the community of Cape Cod Church good fruit faithfulness loving deeds Father we pray that it would be seen in us and Father we just want to thank you for what you've done what you've given us. We thank you for the people who've come and found faith in Jesus Christ. We pray together we would carry that message of hope to all the world. We pray this in Jesus' name.